0: and rely on His promises every day. Here's the message. Good morning, everyone. I was just, I was, I was pondering, you see, I was just, while well, I went quiet for a minute there. I was just talking to the Lord. Um, just to allow space. We shouldn't be alla- afraid of space, should we? We shouldn't be allowed, afraid of Letting it get quiet for a minute or two. Is there somebody there? Yes. And uh, just let God speak to us. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, good morning and welcome everybody, I've said that already, I'd like to repeat myself as my wife reminds me from time to time. You've already told me that David, you must have told me that at least three times. Yes, I know that is an (coughs) F-14 aeroplane. So we're we're continuing our amble through the book of Luke. Um, And you're not caught in a time warp. Um... Last week we did the Good Samaritan, and next should be Mary and Martha, and then we're into Luke 11. So I'm starting in Luke 11. Um, so if you've not missed a week there, we have to actually put that slightly out of order, so don't panic. And when you're watching this, the week last week was uh, the Good Samaritan, this week is Luke 11, and we're going to be looking at the first 13 verses of Luke 11. there is a huge amount here okay um it's 13 verses it's essentially about prayer and jesus talking about prayer um the first five verses five verses i think is is the lord's prayer and uh, back in 2018 um hope church did a series on the lord's prayer that took four weeks so we took four weeks to do, do four verses, okay? And I'm going to cover 13 verses in about 30 or 35 minutes. <laughs> or try to, at any rate. Um, so we're going to cover stuff very quickly. Some things I would love to go into a lot more depth, but I'm not going to. Um, so it's, not, it's a bit more than a survey, but it's not an in-depth uh, look, if you like. But I do just want to enumerate a number of kind of key ideas uh, as I go through this when we look at this whole subject of prayer here. Okay, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass, as he, that's Jesus, uh, was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Now I don't know what point in Jesus' ministry this is in the sense of, how many years in are we? Okay, um, But the disciples come up to him and they think, hey this, this is going to be a good idea. I mean if you think we've already had the 70 going out, okay, so we've already had um, them going out two by two and, and uh, healing people and all that sort of stuff. And after that they come to Jesus and say, hey, wouldn't it be a good idea for you to teach us to pray? Um, so that's what Jesus does. So he launches in at verse two. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, that's just verse two. Now you're probably going to ask me, Dave, what's the, what's the bold in the text there? Well, the bold in the text there are words that will not appear in the newer translations okay? so if you've got the New King James or the King James then they have the words that are in bold the newer translations don't um, that's for another time as to why that is but I'm going to be preaching from the New King James so I'm going to be preaching the words that are in bold Okay. so our Jesus starts off by saying our our father so he's including himself when he talks about a relationship with God our Father. So he's demonstrating to us his humanity rather than his divinity as he emphasizes the point. Our Father. Father. Okay, it's not God, it's not Lord, it's not Master, it's Father. So when we come to God in prayer, our relationship with God is as son and daughter to Father. Father. Now, I know, because I've preached (laughs) it and from my own experiences, the word Father is loaded, okay, in this day and age. It doesn't have to be in this day and age. The word Father is loaded. For some people, you can have very good memories. Uh, For some people, you could have terrible memories. For some people, there could be no memory, Uh, no remembrance because your father was never in your life. So every person puts on God as Father their own experiences of their earthly Father. It's 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 what we do, and we have to reprogram ourselves. We have to reprogram ourselves to understand God as Father, but as a perfect Father. Um, when Jesus was ministering, Philip came to him one time and he said. Uh, Jesus show us the Father and it, it will be sufficient for us and Jesus said essentially the Dave Jones translation have you not seen already he that has seen me has seen the Father so everything that Jesus did was a demonstration of the Father's love so you know, when, when a leper came to Jesus and said if you're willing heal me the first thing Jesus did was touch him and lepers were ostracised in society. Um, you know, that, that person might not have known touch for years. And the first thing Jesus do, does is touch him. <laughs> That's just one example of the Father heart of God. <clears throat> so I, I, I would love to spend hours preaching on this subject, okay? but I don't. Um, but what you can do... Um, is you can search on Google and you can search for love is a four letter word hope church Malmesbury and you'll pick up one of my messages where I preached on the, the father heart of God um, and I unpack the whole subject a lot more in there um, and also talk about my own testimony basically uh, of what God did in my life in demonstrating um, his father heart for me um, but this idea of God as father I think should just be an anthem um, well it is an anthem through this these 13 verses we, we get a slight digression uh, when we have the parable of the friend which I'll talk about in a minute but this whole idea of, of God being father and when we talk to God as father that's the relationship in which we're praying that's the relationship in which we're talking to him so if you remember nothing from this message today, remember that. Okay, okay our, Father, our Father in heaven. Okay, our Father in heaven. Name and address. Um, <clears throat> you can guarantee delivery. So heaven reminds us of where God sits. Okay? So when we're praying to our heavenly Father we're setting our eyes above so that takes our eyes off the problem okay that, that can be a problem in our own lives that can be a problem in the lives of the other of others it can be a situation in the world around us or whatever it is that we're praying for we're taking our eyes off the problem and we're focusing on God and him as father and we're looking at heaven and we're just reminding ourselves yes it might be father but it's father in heaven ruler uh, over all thank you yes ruler over all setting our perspective in our prayer hallowed be your name hallowed be your name treat with respect and reverence Um, so many people around us don't they they use the, the name of Jesus in vain And uh, a friend of mine, I think some people might find this really annoying if they did it to you. (laughs) But maybe he just did it for sport in in the sense that he was looking to provoke a response. You're all wondering what I'm going to say now, aren't you? So he was in a workplace and uh, somebody basically swore and took the the name of the Lord in vain. And uh, my friend Ed, he, he just said, hang on a minute. He said, if, if you're going to use the name of Jesus, can we just use his full title, please? It's the name of a Lord Jesus Christ. So he didn't get socked, all right? I think some, some, some of my non-Christian colleagues might bop me one if I said that to them. But, but you know, it, it, hallowed be your name. It, it's, what we, it's what we should ooze. It's what we should convey. I was in a situation one time Um, they they knew I was a crazy Christian and an expeditive came out and this guy actually turned to me and he apologized to me and he said I'm sorry for saying that in front of you and I said well that's okay don't apologize to me apologize to God Um, so people do notice us all right and they notice that we're crazy hopefully (laughs) anyway hallowed be your name regard God's name because it's a name of power, isn't it? Uh, Your kingdom come. Okay, multiple sermons on this one. Your kingdom come. Gracious me. It's a huge subject. Um, So what are we praying for when we pray this? We're praying for his kingdom to come. I think it's twofold. I think one is we're looking for the expansion of God's kingdom in his church and for us to be and more of an expression us I don't mean individually and corporately not just this church here but I mean the church worldwide um, but also I think we're also praying for the, to speed up the second coming you know it's time to pack our bags and go home as it were we just need to get this job done and, and get out of here okay your will be done on earth as it is in heaven for me this is one of the most profound statements in the New Testament regarding the sovereignty of God this is just incredible statement to pray because if it's not true why do we pray it let's just look at this what, what is it we're praying we're saying your will be done God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven we're asking God we're inviting God for his will to be worked out in earth as it is in heaven. So why do we have to do that? So for me, the implication is is that God's will does not occur automatically. Now, I realize that's a controversial subject, um, but that's the plain meaning for me of these words, that we're inviting God to do his part The implication being, what happens if we don't invite? What happens if we don't pray? Will God intervene? Will God intervene? I think it's better not to wait and to invite him anyway. So we just need to do that. We need to invite God for his will to happen. Now... You know it's true that God's will doesn't happen automatically because it's, it says in Scripture that it's God's desire for all men to come to a saving knowledge of Him. But plainly, not all men come to a saving knowledge of Him. So we have to pray things. We have to pray for that person. We have to pray their eyes be opened, their ears and stop to the truth of the gospel. We have to be engaged in praying for that to make it happen, to help it happen, to give God freedom is that right to give God freedom I don't know but we're invited to pray it and the disciples said Lord teach us how to pray and Jesus said pray this well okay if Jesus said pray it that's good enough for me moving on how am I doing okay not too bad (laughs) that's first two verses verses. First three (laughs) and four uh, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Whoa, give us day by day our daily bread. Oh, I think in Matthew's Gospel it says, Give us this day our daily bread. Loads of things here. So first of, th- first of all is the day-by-day bit. So the implication here is that we're talking to God every day. Um, and I, I think that's good practice, uh, just to talk to God every day. Uh, there was this uh, guy called Smith Wigglesworth who uh, did extraordinary things. Okay? You, I think some people refer to him as the apostle of faith. Um, I think there's something like 12 accounts different accounts of people being raised from the dead in his ministry something like that Um, the book the only book he'd ever read is the Bible he wouldn't let a newspaper in his house he was quite extreme but he saw extreme things happen amazing things happened and he would say um, never pray for more than half an hour but don't go for more than half an hour without praying which actually is a really good, really I find really helpful advice. Um, So we just keep in constant contact with the Lord, don't we? Just keep talking to him. Yeah, so it has this day by day, daily implication for me, and then there's the whole thing of daily bread. So what's the bread talking of here? I think there's a number of things. One is, it's having our needs met. And we're talking about having our needs met day by day. Um... In, in Jewish society um, basically you were paid at the end of each day that was part of the law really so you, you're looking for you need to be met in that day day by day day by day day by day elsewhere I can't remember the passage now it's basically the future's got enough problems of its own so focus on today and I think that's good advice um, there's also uh, uh, Bread is uh, sometimes used as an analogy for healing as well. Um, in Matthew, uh, Matthew, excuse me, Mark 7. Uh, but Jesus said to her, this is the Syrophoenician woman, you remember. She, she came to Jesus and she wanted her daughter to be set free from a, from a demon. Uh, but of course she was not part of Israel. She was a Gentile. Um, and Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, speaking as the Jewish nation. For it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Um, so it's healing that was going on here, and Jesus uses the expression of bread in a context of healing. Now, in, in fact, you know, this woman came up with a marvelous answer because she basically said, Well, you know, even the dogs eat the bread that's under the table. And then Jesus actually commended her. He said, I've not found faith so much as as all this in Israel. Um, But anyway, day by day. Day by day. Um, Okay, forgive us our sins. Uh, And forgive us our sins for we forgive, sorry, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Um, Now this is quite a puzzling verse because it seems to imply that Our forgiveness of sins is is conditional on uh, us forgiving others, uh, which is not a new covenant idea. Um, Now, so so remember, I talk about the three Cs, okay? The three Cs of interpretation. So it's context, uh, covenant, and comparison. So context. Where's the context that you find the scripture? Covenant, which covenant are we talking about? Comparison, let scripture interpret scripture. Um, So Jesus has not gone to the cross yet. He's not paid the price. He's ministering as a prophet under the old covenant. Um, So for us, it says something slightly different. So in Colossians 3 verse 12 says this, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So the implication here is that Christ forgave us first and on that basis we forgive. So if if you like that, that part of verse 4 back in Luke 11 forgive us our sins for we also forgive is not right for a New Testament believer um, in fact Matthew actually puts it stronger he says and we forgive our, and forgive us our sins as we forgive um, so it's so this that part of the verse seems out of kilter for a New Testament believer so some people say well okay let's not bother with the Lord's prayer Uh, Hang on a minute. In fairness, I've actually preached that before now, but I don't feel that. I feel there's so much value in here. We can use it as a framework or a model and just understand the limitations. that Some pieces of this are pre-cross and some are after the cross. We just need to be aware of those things and not get into a rote or or a routine of just saying something are not thinking through what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. When do you ever you do that, David? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we forgive. Okay, so the challenge of forgiving, okay? Uh, forgive others. Okay, we must forgive others. <laughs> I know that, Dave. But you don't know what they said to me, Okay. So for me, one of the greatest observations I have, greatest, one of the things I see most of in the body of Christ is offence. Okay, Christians seem to take great offence at other Christians. Okay, and I see it all the time. I see it between Christians, not in this church, okay. But I see it amongst Christians, between churches and other churches. Um, Sue and I ran, ran a church for some years before being part of Hope. And um, there was a, a lot of people took a lot of offense in that. Um, so what happens when offense comes? Bitterness occurs, okay? <clears throat> and bitterness will eat you alive. All right? Guarantee it. Okay? It will make you ill. Okay? Um, and it's infectious because what happens is people that are bitter share their bitterness okay Uh, they'll talk to other people they'll They'll say uh, wonder if you'll just help me pray okay but pastor so and so's done this or they said this to me or they they didn't do this for me or whatever it happens to be right we must not take offense as God's people okay (laughs) I don't care. <laughs> we must not. Okay, you're watching, whoever's watching this right now, do not take offense. And if you've taken offense, let go. <laughs> let go of your unforgiveness on the basis of what Jesus has done for you. Just think of what you've been forgiven. Okay, you might not think it's that bad. If you don't think you've been forgiven much, just ask God to show you. Okay, he'll show you. okay. How much we needed a saviour. No, no way we could make it. No way, but people kid themselves that they can. So let go of your bitterness. Let go of unforgiveness. But Dave, I don't feel like forgiving. No, that's that's because we forgive on the basis of an act, a decision of our will. It's not based on a feeling. And this can be situations in life as well, you know, things that we might have experienced, ways in which we've been treated. We just need to let go of that stuff. We we don't do it on the basis that we feel like it. We do it because God has forgiven us and we let go. Hallelujah. So I don't have anything about offense in my notes here. So obviously God wanted to talk about that subject specifically today. okay I'm still in verse 4 <laughs> whoa don't, don't worry we'll go a bit quicker after this okay. lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one so this is a, this is a real puzzle for me is, uh, because God does not lead us into temptation um, so James 1 says this let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Okay, so what, so what does this mean? When we're saying, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, what are we actually praying for? Well, let's just understand what temptation is, first of all. Ultimately, temptation is to try to get you off your foundation, okay? The idea behind it is to get you to stop believing, okay? It's to get you to stop trusting. It's to get you to act independently of God, okay? That's that's fun, what it's all about, basically. It's trying to create mayhem in your life, um, So what I think we're doing when when we pray this lead us not into temptation what we're basically doing is we're praying for protection we're basically saying to God God don't let me be put into a situation um, where I'm going to get off my foundation with you where I'm going to somehow step away from you Uh, I'm not going to trust you in a particular situation or I'm not going to behave in a way that's honouring to you And we could all do with that, can't we? And uh, deliver us from evil, or deliver us from the evil one. So the word evil in the Greek here is a noun, which is a thing. Um, but we have a way of, uh, well, first of all, when Jesus went to the cross, it says that we've been separated out of the kingdom of darkness and we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. I don't have that on the slides. So we have been translated out of Satan's kingdom. If you like, Satan ha- doesn't have authority in our lives. okay, But he can convince us that he does. Um, so for us as New Testament believers, uh, we have James 4.7. Okay, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So I think in the AV it says, draw nigh unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So there's this, king, this sense of embracing God, embracing the Father. Okay, so that's the Lord's Prayer. I will cover the rest a little bit quicker. Okay? Um, but there's, there's, we'll, we'll, you'll, you'll see this theme as we go through this. So now we have this parable stuck in the middle at verse 5. And uh, the ver- verse 5 says this, And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. So first of all, some things to note here. This is a different relationship. Okay, so Jesus just now was talking about our Father in heaven. And this is a friend, okay? Curiously, we have bread appearing again. Um, Lend me three loaves. But the relationship we're talking about here now is, so we've been talking about son and daughter to father, After the parable, it's son and daughter to father. Here, it's between friend and friend. So, what's Jesus trying to get at? What's he doing with this sandwich? So, I I think in some ways, I think Jesus is trying to, to, to bring in a contrast. So, he's trying to bring in a contrast contrast the relationship between two friends and between a son and a daughter and a father and we'll see that a bit more as we read it so where context is so important um, so reading on from verse 6 uh, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him and he will answer from within and say so this is, this is the friend answering to his friend. Uh, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you though he will not rise and give to him because he because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So Jesus is not bringing out the relationship there because the relationship that we have is between father and son. What's curious is this word persistence, okay? Because in the Greek, uh, the word used that's uh, translated as persistence is basically shamelessness, right? Shamelessness. So let me just explain my understanding of that. He's, he has a need, right? And he's gone to his friend. He doesn't care it's midnight. He doesn't care that he's tucked up in bed. He doesn't care that he's going to be getting him out of bed to help him. He's shameless about it, all right? But he has a need that needs to be met. And I think, I think Jesus is trying to contrast uh, the relationship that we have with God as Father as sons and daughters, with this friend and his friend. And yet still the friend responds uh, to him. And we'll see that shown now in verse 9 of Luke 11. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Ask and it will be given. For everyone who asks, receives. So first of all, everyone who asks, okay, you're everyone. Okay? I'm an everyone. Okay? So you qualify. So if you ask, you receive. Because you're an everyone. Okay? It says if any man be in Christ, he is new creature. Okay, I'm an any man. Okay, anyone. Okay, we qualify. Okay, so you qualify today. You qualify, so you qualify for this verse. In fact, Jesus says, So I say to you. So we have Jesus' authority saying to us, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find, knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives for everyone who asks receives now the word ask mark talked about tenses some time ago and in greek it's it's all greek to me really i mean the number of different tenses i just don't understand it okay there's loads of them this word ask in the Greek is in, in something called a present imperative. And it has the idea of continuous or habitual. Okay. Now just remember, earlier on in the Lord's Prayer, we're asking on a daily basis for our daily needs to be met. Okay. So in my head, the ask isn't asking continually till it happens. It's asking because tomorrow you'll need to ask again for something new and something fresh okay so it's habitual though it's continual we have to keep asking now I appreciate sometimes we ask and we ask and we ask and we're not seeing it okay we, we're not getting the breakthrough that, that we're hoping for and we're planning to see okay but I'm not covering that today because that's a huge subject in itself but let's take away here the relationship that we're praying to God is his father. And the promise that we have in the scripture here is to ask and to ask continually or habitually. And it will be given to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks bread from any father. So there we're back to this relationship, son and father. Interestingly, we're talking about bread again. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? So, what's Jesus saying? Come on, guys. Sort it out, right? You you know how this works. Okay? You wouldn't dream, if your son or daughter came to you and asked you for something, you wouldn't dream of not giving them what they're asking for. If it's related to their their, their health or well-being or their their, their material needs, okay, you you wouldn't dream. So that's, that's a challenge for us all. One last verse. One last verse. Verse 13. If you then, being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? how much more how much more how much more yeah. so when we get saved okay when we ask Jesus into our life, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell okay uh, god's word says that Jesus uh, God has sent Forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying Abba Father so uh, we have Jesus living inside us which I never quite get over we have Jesus living inside us and sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that um, and yet there's an exhortation in the New Testament to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so Ephesians 5.17 says this. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, I know we've covered this as part of the the house groups but because it's verse 13 that it's 1 to 13 I'm doing here it's good just to remind ourselves of this so you know I I said about ask and the, the present imperative is continually or habitually so it's the same tense that's being used here for be filled so it's habitually being filled okay so it's not wrong to ask to be filled again and again we can be greedy (laughs) <laughs> be greedy for the Spirit. And that's the challenge of Scripture. And that's the challenge today, Listen not At the end of all this, it's to ask to be filled with the Spirit. Ask to be filled. So sometimes we don't break the sound barrier. okay? Sometimes we can be talking to the Lord and we, we don't actually vocalise or speak out. And I, I think sometimes it's really helpful to do that. Uh, when we're praying for people and situations to ask out loud. So we need to ask. This morning, this morning we can all ask the Lord to just fill us afresh with his Holy Spirit. So why don't we just bow our head in prayer right now. and, And just ask. Father, Father, I just ask for you to fill me afresh. do just fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit this morning. And Lord, I just pray right now for each person within the sound of my voice. So whether you're listening online, you're listening to a recording, or you're in the room right now. And I would just pray, Lord, answer the people's prayer and fill them afresh with your Spirit this morning if they're listening online fill them afresh where they are May they just know you're in the room in a tangible way if somebody's listening and they're in a tube train or something you would just know God's with you right there filling you afresh in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name let's just pause for a moment or two okay? let's just rest in his presence It says that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord.